the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Beautiful day today. Lots of sunshine. That's just morning clouds. 77 the high. Some clouds tonight low down to 60. Sunny, breezy, and a high of 73 tomorrow. In fact, all week it's supposed to be kind of you know, 75, 80, something like that. Nice stretch of weather ahead. Phillies had a 4-3 come from behind win over the Dodgers last night. They actually tied it in the bottom of the ninth and won it in the bottom of the 10th on an exciting play where uh, Alec Bohm had a slow ball that was uh, rolling to second base, and they wound up getting two runs out of it on an error, and the second run came in when Roman Quinn rounded the bases, head, uh, head full of steam, and uh, barely was safe at the plate. He's super fast, though, and Phillies manager Joe Girardi uh, commented about that. I mean, it's a, fan- it's a fantastic win. You know, you think about the seven games we played against the Dodgers. We fought them tooth and nail, seven you know, straight games, basically. But you get some big contributions from a lot of people. You know, Garrett Stubbs, huge. Roman Coyne gets a big hit and ends up scoring because of his speed. And, you know, one of the things that the reason we called Roman was for his base running ability. Just because it's a difference, right? He's the only guy on our team that scores. Probably one of the few in the league that scores. So it's a big win. The pitchers did a heck of a job. Eflin was fantastic today. Um, Double digits and strikeouts against a great lineup. So just a lot of contributions from a lot of different people. Phillies manager Joe Girardi, Eflin with seven innings pitched. He had just four hits, two runs, and struck out 12. As for Quinn, who scored the winning run, what was he thinking about on that, on that last play? I was just trying to go on the swing. Bone had two strikes on him. I was just going on the swing. Um, I see he hit it on the ground. Um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was going to get through, so I peeked out Dusty. And I looked back, and I seen Muncy bobble the ball, and I just took off from there. Dusty Watson being the Phillies' third base coach. So there's a lot going on. In fact, I'll play one other quick clip here for you from Alec Bohm, who got the game-winning I got much of a technically a hit. It was an error on the play, but he put the ball in play. So it's second and third. They're down by a run, two outs, the bottom of the tenth, and Bohm hits the slow roller, which the second baseman for the Dodgers, Max Muncy, messed up, and uh, and then he wound up getting two runs out of it, and the game's done. But Alec Bohm on that play. Uh, I know I hit it soft, so I'm just I'm running as hard as I can. You know, and you know, walking up to the plate, I know I got one of the fastest guys in the league on second, right? So. I'm not trying to do too much there. Get a ball in the zone and put it in play, right? And Roman's going to score. Alec Bohm of the Phillies. It might be a little hard to hear some bats clanking in the background, but Bohm is basically saying it's very interesting. He says, I'm walking up to the plate. I know I have one of the fastest guys in the league on second base. Therefore, what do I have to do? He said, I don't want to do too much. I just need to put the ball kind of in play. And it's exactly what happened. And, you know, I never played ball professionally, but what I do know and have learned over covering the Phillies for a lot of years, too, is there is really something called, you know, situationally, you have to be thinking and always aware of what's going on around you at any given time. 
and putting it all together. It's not always a one-size-fits-all, get up, just hit the ball and run. You have to be aware of who's on and what they're capable of, what their tendencies are. When I coach Little League, I even taught the kids. So, you know, you can learn. You don't have to stand out there and pick the dandelions. You can actually learn. Like this kid, when he comes up, he always hits the ball to third base for some reason. He always hits the ball right down the line. Or this kid uh, always looks when he hits the ball. He doesn't run right away. Like, be aware and be smart. And if you file those little bits of information away, it can add up and come in very handy. Uh, Chase Utley, you may remember this. I don't remember all the details of the play. But in the World Series uh, back in 2008, he had a play where the ball – he was charging a ball and he fake-throwed the ball to first base and then threw a runner out at the plate. And I actually was at that game and I asked him about that, that play. And he said he definitely knew, based upon how hard the ball was hit – not very hard – that he was not going to be able to get the guy at first base. He already knew that running in. So he's quickly calculating all of these things, and he's also aware that there's a runner on second who decided to run around third and go home. The reason was because he he thought Chase Utley was going to throw the ball to first base. So Utley, with his experience, is calculating all of this. He fake throws to first, and then he pivots and throws the runner out at the plate. And it's all, you know, so it's, it's paying attention. It's thinking ahead of the time, ahead of the play is the other thing I would teach the kids. And I'm sure they do this in the major league level. Where are you going? If the ball comes to you, be prepared. In other words, don't just wait for it to happen and then try to react. If the ball is hit to my left, what am I doing? If it's hit to my right, where am I? If the ball's hit hard, if it's hit soft, what's the situation? How many outs are there? You have to factor all that in. And then that, that can lead to success. And that, you know, that similarly in life, you want you can't know everything, and, and ultimately in our lives, we're trusting God for what's going on. But there's also an element to being prepared, thinking ahead, and uh, it's different than being worried. But you know what I'm saying. So it's it's interesting that both uh, Roman Quinn, who was on second base for the Phillies last night, said you know he was aware of the situation and what does he need to do, and Alec Bohm, the batter, just knew I've got a super fast guy on second base. If I can just put the ball in play, good things could happen. And that's exactly what did happen. Phil's with that win uh, in, uh, in extra innings, 4-3. to three. They're at Atlanta tonight at 7-20. In golf, uh, Justin Thomas winning the PGA Championship. He came from seven strokes down to uh, win the final round, and, uh, or entering the final round, I should say, and, and uh, won a three-hole playoff. On the Bible League scoreboard, our partnership with Bible League, uh, we have 752 Bibles now, which is great. We're moving on up. We have 1,400 48 to go. Michael Woolworth with Bible League is going to join us for a few minutes in a few minutes to talk a little bit more about that. If you want to help out, uh, the number is simply 800-YES-WORD. We're looking to bring Bibles and put them in the hands of members of the persecuted church, really, around the world. And uh, each one's just $5, and we'll be in the recipient's own language. So be a blessing if you would in that regard. If you could do one or two, maybe you could do five or 10 or 50, whatever it is, it all adds up. 800-YES-WORD or right in our homepage, at WFIL.com. More coming up. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Oh, I want to mention Dave Spadaro of the Eagles is going to join us this hour as well. And I have a little something I want to play back for near the end of the program, kind of a special interview from the past in honor of someone very special to our family. So we'll get to that too. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. All 
AM 560 WFIL Newsboys and He Reigns, one of many songs you are likely to hear at Creation 2022. They are one of the headliners of the festival, which is coming up June 29th, which is a Wednesday through Saturday, July 2nd. Zach Williams, part of that. Bethlehem Music, We the Kingdom on the Harder Edge side. You have Red, Disciple, a bunch of others. KB is going to be there. Should be a great time. And what's even greater than that is we have a small batch of tickets that are very discounted uh, on our site. Yeah. Can I say it that way? Very discounted? Well, I just did anyway. So you get the idea. Check it out. It's right now. I won't go into it further, but just you can, you can order them right off our homepage. The festival, again, is Wednesday, June 29th through Saturday, July 2nd. In addition to all the music creation over the years, it's 40 plus years they've been doing this, known for the speakers they have, the seminars. They've added elements and dimensions to the festival each year. They have a skate park. They have sports and kids zones. It's really a wonderful time. A lot of folks do the camping thing. If you're like me and you're not as campy, you might, you know, get a nearby hotel, either or. But uh, you're, that's up to you. The camping, I've done both. So let's put it that way. Discount tickets while they last for Creation 22 on our homepage at WFIL.com. want to uh, bring on board now a familiar voice to our program, Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, Tim. Great to hear your voice. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not much of a camper. I mean, put me up at a, you know, the Palmer House in Chicago, I'd be happy. But anyway, the, the festival sounds great. Yeah. Hey, I love that song you just played, The Newsboys, right? Yes. Uh, he Reigns, right? Yep. Right. The song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire. It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation. A love song born of a grateful choir. I love that picture of what we see in Revelation, right? Uh, God gathering uh, his people from every nation, tribe, and tongue around his throne. And yet how many of us wake up and we think about persecuted believers around the world? I mean, you and I had an opportunity two weeks ago, Tim, we effectively began at zero, and we said, can we put God's word into the hands and hearts of about 2,200 persecuted believers in regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America? We are closing in on 800 of those right now, Tim. We do not have uh, eternity to do this campaign. Yeah. Uh, it'll wrap up uh, next week, early next week, I believe Monday or Tuesday, something like that. Your your uh, management has been so kind to extend this a few days. But Tim, appreciate just a couple of minutes to hop back on and keep this uh, front and center for uh, for your listeners. Sure. No, that's great. It really is great. And, and one of the things I love about this is the fact that it's within range. Anyone listening, uh, I would think could help out with a $5 gift to give a Bible to someone else on a very simple level, what your Bible means to you, that you can give that very same thing to someone else. Uh, there are folks, of course, who can do more than that. And it's really what you know, between you and the Lord, what you would like to do. We've chosen the number 2200 uh, as, as kind of something we're working with. We can do more than that, but that's kind of our part. You know, sometimes you don't do anything because th- you feel like it's too big a problem or whatever, but we're choosing that number and uh, we're at seven, uh, seven in the 700s, you know, a third of the way there are getting close to 40%. And I'm just thinking, you know, numbers aside, uh, if we could get a few hundred in, in our time together here, that would get us to the halfway mark. If we get to eleven hundred, um, five dollars a piece, the Bible's in the recipient's own language. So if you'd like to help provide a Bible or two or five or ten or a hundred, the number is simply eight hundred yes word. Nice and easy. Eight hundred yes word. That's eight hundred nine three seven ninety six seventy three. Or on our homepage, very easy, safely and secure at WFIL. Dot com uh, And just to give you like a, I think it's good to paint a picture, right, Michael? We have some audio, a couple audio clips we want to mix in for people to hear. 
Yeah, I want to share uh, two, three uh, very, very quick stories, abbreviate those, so your listeners uh, have a really good idea of the Christians that we're supporting right now. You've got audio club number one, this man, his name, uh, uh, Bilda, he's in Haiti. If you want to share this, we'll set the stage. Uh, the campaign is called Stand With Them, Bibles for the Persecuted Church. This man's name is uh, Bilda, and he is in Haiti. It's so sad because you can see violence everywhere. Each day when I go out, I say, God, it's not my last day. Every day it's my last day. When my wife uh, decides to go out, it's so sad to say that it's her last day. I don't know. When I go to the office, I go uh, somewhere to do some training. We don't have government. They can decide to stop that. Yeah, you know, in case the traffic was whizzing by, you couldn't hear that. Let me tell you what Bill is telling us. He's a, a, a bivocational pastor and associate of mine with the Bible League there in the country of Haiti. There's a misnomer that Christians have access to a lot of money. Uh, it's not true. There's been a lot of kidnappings, even killings, when families cannot pay that ransom. Uh, it happens at the hands of a lot of gangs. Uh, many in the government there um, are corrupt, Tim. It's a, just an ugly situation. They've essentially told people, Christian ministries and just citizens at large, hey, the government and the police, we cannot protect you. And so Bilda says, and he's not exaggerating this, as Christian workers go out, pastors, evangelists, they ask themselves, is this my final week? I mean, because I cannot be protected from all the violence there, um, is this my final week? Bilda will say this to his wife. His wife will say that to him. Others that he ministers with will say the same thing. They're not trying to create a picture of dread, but just a a picture of, of what's realistic right now. Uh, there in Haiti. Um, Tim, we are supporting the persecuted church right now. As I've traveled the world on behalf of Bible League and I encounter, I'll call them heroes of the faith. You know, I find there's a couple of characteristics that really stand out to me about the persecuted church, and that is, number one, they love their enemies. They see those around them not as people to be hated, but to be ministered to. They see them, again, not as the enemy, but as the mission field. Number two, they count it all joy to suffer for the Lord. I mean, Tim, I complain when the coffee at church is lukewarm. I can't get a parking place close enough yeah. to the entrance. And yet here are people, some with bounties on their head. They're targeted, singled out, monitored. They've been threatened with death. They've been jailed. Some have paid uh, paid dearly. Uh, they've, they've died for their faith. Um, and that's what characterizes these believers. They count it all joy to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Tim, they don't pray for an end to the uh, the suffering. They pray for perseverance to endure and to move forward uh, in their faith. And you can do that when you can open your Bible. I know when we were on the air, we shared a lot of stories and even uh, some scriptures. One that I think of is Psalm 139. Lord, you know all about me. You know, when I sit down, when I get up, you know, my thoughts from far away, you know, where I go, you know, when I lie down, you know, everything about me, Lord, and it brings me great peace. And I think about so many persecuted believers who make up a very, very small minority uh, in the countries where God has them planted. I mean, you can, if you can open that uh, scripture and, and be reminded of God's precious promises, um, it'll, it'll supercharge your soul to say, you know what, God is with me, God is for me. And that's what your gift does, does today. Every Bible is an answer to a prayer. And Tim, as you're keeping uh, good track of uh, our progress right now, I think we're closing in on 800 Bibles. We've got uh, 1,400 to go. As you say, we'd love to be at 1,100 by the time you and I wrap up in the next uh, few moments. But um, that's how quickly we get there. It's every call with every click today at only $5 a Bible. Amen, amen. 800-YES-WORD to help out. 800-YES-WORD, again, uh, spelled out for you, is uh, 800-937-9673. You can also help on our homepage 
at WFIL.com. Michael Woolworth with Bible League is joining us. Let's go to another part of the world to just paint another little picture for folks so they know, you know, this is the kind of situation you're stepping into when you help out. Yeah, here's two groups that we're supporting. Tim, you've got audio cut number uh, 14. The, the man's name is Ahmed. If you want to play this, I'll come back and share a story from the Middle East. We don't often realize the kind of sacrifice uh, they're having to, to, to make in order to continue being Christians. Sometimes as Christians, we look the other way and we say God will look after them you suddenly realize how critical it is for Christians not just to assume God will look after their brothers and sisters who have converted from Islam, but that they will be prepared to walk with them. Yeah, you know, it's so tempting just to lift up a general prayer. Lord, bless those persecuted believers over there. And so the time that you've I spent the last few weeks, Tim, today is so valuable because now you're getting a glimpse into what Christians are truly up against in places like the Middle East. Um, and this is an opportunity, as this Pastor Ahmed said, to come alongside. Don't just pray, Lord, bless those people, protect them, but to actually come alongside them and send them exactly what they're praying for, and that's a Bible. Uh, Pastor Youssef uh, and a deacon in his evangelical church just outside of Amman, Jordan, were kidnapped one day, Tim, in, in broad daylight. Um, they, they held both of these men, demanded a ransom from the family when the family could not pay it. They beat Youssef, and they killed the deacon, and they made Yusuf carry this man's remains to his grave. It was a very humiliating, difficult circumstance. And yet today, months later, Yusuf, Pastor Yusuf can say with conviction, it is a joy to suffer for the Lord. And he has gone on to continue his shepherding the flock there that God entrusts to his care, and he has led about 100 people to Christ since this incident, some of those affiliated with this group that actually kidnapped him and harmed him and killed this deacon. And so it's a common occurrence there in the Middle East. But we want to focus on our opportunity today, and that is not to figure out all the uh, answers to the geopolitical issues, but to send these believers exactly what they need. There's about a 100 Bibles right now there in Amman, Jordan, needed. Do the math. That's $500. Uh, some of you could probably make that gift right now, Mike come down to maybe uh, five of you at 20 Bibles each. When that happens, we can let Pastor Yusuf know those Bibles are coming. They're on their way. 800-YES-WORD to step in. 800-YES-WORD if you're willing to do so. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. We are here and do a lot of things each day. We have the programs, the ministries you get to enjoy and hopefully be encouraged and challenged by all the time. We do contests. We have interviews. A lot of fun call-in days. And working with Bible League is certainly something we do. In fact, we do it pretty much each year. And it's uh, it's a pleasure to do it because we're able to uh, you know add some substance even further, like a chance to hear what you're hearing during, like, say, Truth for Life. It's coming up at 5 o'clock. Uh, you get a chance to actually put some of those things into practice or the different ministries you hear in the air. And this is one way, I like to say, it's part of the fabric of what the radio station all about so and because i love it because it's it's simple it's it's the word of god and we all need it and for five dollars in the recipient's language i don't i can't think of a reason why a person wouldn't be involved and 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 except i I don't know maybe people don't sometimes people think that it doesn't matter or someone else will do it but why would you want someone else to do it that's another thing too Uh, i know people are busy and have other things they're doing but i I just want to encourage you uh i think you'll even listen to the radio differently if you give uh, enough to cover the cost of a Bible or two or five or 10. It really does add up. Uh, and there are folks who do, uh, you know, a hundred Bibles or 500 Bibles, but there are a lot of folks who do one or two. If they've come through five or 10, that, that matters. Don't think it doesn't. Giving that many Bibles around the world, think about it. One day you're going to have a chance to see and meet the people who received the Bible you gave. <laughs> 
and have a, a long conversation to see how God used that. And don't, and believe me, it's going to go a very far, a very long way. So 800 yes word. If you'd step in, uh, our goal, 2200 Bibles. We're just about several hundred shy of the halfway point. We do wrap up mm-hmm. a week from tomorrow. So we're, I'm going to call it off pace. We're a little behind where we'd like to be. But, yeah, God's in charge, so we're not worried. Uh, and so we encourage you, though, because if we had some folks call even right now as Michael and I are chatting or go online and get us to the halfway part, then it really helps other people feel like, okay, this is this train's moving. I'm on board. You know, My dad used to say nobody wants to get on board a train that's not moving or something. I forget there's a phrase. But once, once something's <laughs> moving, people are like, oh, okay, okay. And so – and then you see the finish line coming into, into view, and that gives extra motivation. The biggest motivation I would hope a person would do – is it just putting the word of God in someone's hands who needs it, and specifically someone who's in the persecuted church? What you said, Michael, about not hating their enemies—you uh, know—I get upset when somebody cuts me off in traffic, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, or whatever it might be, or like you said, having to wait long in line or something like that. This is—I I have not—I have no experience with my own family persecuting me, for example, over the gospel. If I became a believer. In a, in a Muslim community and then having to experience that or, or, or another community, whatever it might be. So, yeah, you know, Tim, I know we're up against a break, but I can tell you it persecution, it does not let up. It's day in, it's day out. You don't always see it in the news, but I can tell you as a global ministry, we see it. I've met many of these heroes of the faith uh, firsthand. One thing that comes to mind is Romans 8. Uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's to come. Tim, they take that verse to heart and they mm-hmm. hear it preached. They may not have a Bible in their possession, but they hear that from faithful pastors. They see it lived out, and I certainly have been able to to share stories that exemplify Christians that really count it all joy. They do compare the sufferings, as tough as they are, of this present time, not to be compared with the glory that is to come. If I may thank Jeanette of Cloonside, we've had a gift of 40 Bibles. Let me just thank some of these folks. Uh, Tim Page of New Hope, we've heard from Karen of Broomall, John of Chesterfield, thank you for your gift. Mary at Newtown Square, James of Pottsville, we had a gift from John of Westchester of $500, enough for 100 Bibles. Um, we're closing in on 800 Bibles. Uh, we end about a week. Tim, there's never been a time that your listeners have not hit these goals out of the park, if I can use some baseball speak. And I know it's an incredibly difficult time to ask with rising infl- in, in inflation, you know, the cost to fill your fridge, to call your, the cost to, to uh, fill your gas tank, all of those things are on the rise. COVID is still re- rearing its ugly head. You know, your, some of your primary elections are still up for grabs there in Pennsylvania. I mean, there's a lot of things that <laughs> right. I think fill our minds and our concerns. And yet sometimes uh, we just need to hear, hey, it's the 11th hour. We're, this is not going to go on forever. It's going to end next week. And again, we love to finish strong, get as close as... Yeah. 2,200 Christians that we know by name in the parts of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. We've talked about many of these. We'll give you specific examples of these brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, Tim, if I may leave you with one more uh, verse, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul writes, um, the persecuted, they are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. I've talked to so many heroes of the faith that have been beaten, they've been jailed, they've witnessed loved ones being mistreated at the hands of, uh, of, of of their enemies, if you will, and yet they have that perspective. They know the Lord is with them and for them. And again, a, a Bible today, that's an answer to a prayer. And again, we've got about, uh, what do we say, 11, 1,200 answers to prayer to go in our prayers that you'll get involved with this at only $5 a Bible. But Tim, you've been a great advocate of Bible League, and listeners, you've been incredibly kind to Bible League. We're so grateful for and We pray that you'll help us uh, finish strong a week from today. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael, so much. Have a great rest of your day. You too, brother. Thanks so much. All right. That's Bible uh, That's my, Bible League's Michael Woolworth. The number to help, 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, 800-937-9673. Or you can help on our homepage, WFIL.com. We're in the mid-sevens or so. Couple closing on 800 Bibles of the 2200. Could you pick up the cost of a few? They're for $5 each. That's all for the persecuted church around the world. You could do one or two for five or ten dollars. You could do, say, uh, five for twenty-five dollars. Maybe you could do more. Maybe you could do a lot more. Whatever it is, it adds up, and each step we take gets us closer to that goal, and most importantly, gets that word of God in the hands of believers around the world, part of the persecuted church. So let's do that together, shall we? Eight hundred yes word, eight hundred yes word, or at wfil.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL at the Tim DeMoss Show. Glad to bring on board Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. How are you doing this fine afternoon, sir? It certainly is a fine afternoon, Tim. I'm doing great and uh, hope you're doing well also. Yeah. Yeah, did you play? You know, I, I, we've had you on a few times, and it's always always a pleasure. Uh, I forgot. I don't know if I've ever asked you. Did you play ball in uh, high school or anything like that? Football. I played ball. I played. I did not play football. I played soccer. I played basketball until I broke my foot, and I played baseball. Now I'm an avid tennis player, but I've never played organized football. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, you're but you you, you appreciate the athleticism that the players have and get, getting out there and it, like on a week like this it looks like it's finally going to stay in the 70s and 80s for a stretch, which is <laughs> get whiplash the way things have gone sometimes. So I know, but but you know, for the for the players who are now in their OTAs here, the organized team activities, I'm actually walking on the field right now at Novacare. Perfect weather. So, you know, it's about getting into conditioning for the season. Yeah. Well, really for training camp. And so, I mean, hey, as long as you can get outside with these guys and work with them a little bit, uh, every little step toward training camp is an exciting one. And certainly this offseason has been that way for the Eagles. It's been really fun. For sure. Well, that, and I want, you know, I wanted to chat with you. I figured during the draft, it was super busy. I was going to give you a call. Then I thought we can just talk when the dust settles a little bit. There's the draft and there's all the other moves, too. And both of them make up the offseason. Uh, pick one of the other. Start with maybe the maybe the draft itself. You know how how you what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, well, I, I will not include AJ Brown in that draft, although certainly he was a central figure. Because, but since he's a veteran, we'll hold it for this, the second part. Yeah, I uh, love the draft. Love the the aggressive move to go up and get Jordan Davis, who you know comes in as a giant young man and can work his way in and learn the defense and learn how to play at the NFL level. But he's certainly a player who's going to help the Eagles this year and should be very, very, very prominent in the defense for years to come. Yeah. One of the one of the largest guys they've ever been around, Tim, <laughs> and I've been around here for a long time. So <laughs> his, a... his size, he's just a massive, massive guy. Hopefully that, that size translates to the NFL level. Yeah. And then getting the you know, getting Cam Jurgens in the second round, um, was I was actually in the draft room at that time and they were incredibly excited and I've watched a lot of film on him and heard a lot about him and um, listen, Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey, but at some point he will not be a Philadelphia Eagle on the field, yeah. um, and they're going to need a replacement. And, and, and Cam Jurgens is just a, a super blue-chip prospect, and the Eagles love him. And then to get N'Kobe Dean in the third round is kind of a, you know, the, the shocker, the icing on the cake, if you will, like just a highly rated player like that who was still there, um, incredible. Uh, and then you, you follow that up with, 
uh, linebacker, you know, Kyron Johnson, and we'll see what he becomes in a tight end, Grant Calcaterra, who they think can really help down the line if he can, if he can gain strength and, uh, but certainly as a pass catcher and stay healthy, you know, he, he has a chance to make it in the NFL. So all in all, not a lot of draft picks, Tim, um, but, but good production with those five picks. And then I think they, they did a little damage in the post draft, but we'll wait till the, the, the pads go on to really get a sense of that. But I think, um, you know, the Eagles in the draft accomplished what they wanted to do. And still, as you look forward, three picks in the first two rounds next year, three picks in the first two rounds the following year. So they're well-stocked for the future. Yeah, yeah. Chat with Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider on the Tim DeMoss Show today on WFIL in Philadelphia. Jordan Davis, if I'm not mistaken, didn't even start playing ball till I think it was a sophomore in high school. So yeah, that's pretty amazing, but also can have its benefits like uh, – you know, maybe less wear and tear. It didn't start till later in life, a little bit, and uh, yeah. So agreed. Yeah, and, and look, a lot of a lot of him. We're going to see how he develops. Like, it, it, great player at Georgia on a great defense, and his numbers really don't do him do him justice because at Georgia, there's a lot of blowouts, and they're sitting the starters down to get the other five star recruits in the game. So I don't put much stock in any numbers. I just know that from a from a skill standpoint, from a sheer size strength standpoint. You know, he has a chance to be a dominant interior defensive lineman. And the Eagles are going to need that as Fletcher Cox's career winds down here. Yeah. Do you dig much, when you when you uh, do your research on the players, like N'Kobe Dean, I think he was captain, uh, well, uh, for the Bulldogs, but also he in high school he led his team to like the, the state championship, a perfect record. Things like that, those intangibles come into play, like learning how to win from, the, from an early oh, yeah. age. Yeah. I mean, learning how to win. Uh, learning to manage a, I mean, he's a very highly, he's a high achiever academically as well. So learning how to manage that part of it, budgeting your time, as we know in the NFL, time can be very fleeting. And a lot of times, Tim, when I see young players come in, one of the things that I really look at is how do they respond to the tempo, to the sheer enormity of the league, all of the media. And for Nicobe and for really for Jordan also, and a lot of these players, the Eagles always seem to get a lot of captains and, players who've done a lot academically that's important to them and the character side is really important so i think that i really do think that that pays a benefit i think that helps a lot in the long run aj brown now let's switch over to some of the the you know you, know, you have obviously jason kelsey coming back the you know fletcher cox is back and and other moves that they made the trade for aj brown uh talk about that and what he's also going to help you know how it's going to help with Devontae smith and jalen I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I, I just, it's just such a huge move. I mean, A.J. Brown is a complete wide receiver, physical. You know, when you get next to him, he's not super tall, but he is so thick as a wide Like an Anquan Bolden kind of thickness. Yeah. Catches, breaks tackles after the catch, scores a lot of touchdowns, so he creates space in coverage, in tight spots. I, I just think it's, it's such an... An, a, 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 an ultra important move. And honestly, I believe that I, I think of like wide receivers the Eagles have had in the 30 plus years here I've been covering the team. And it is, I, I'm going to say that these two are Devonte and AJ, the most talented right now on paper going into a season, Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson, two talented players. I don't think they're at this level. Uh, nobody, you know, kind of was like the other other guy with Terrell Owens, Mike Quick, Harold Carmichael, a little bit before my time. Right. And I, I do. I just think these two are going to play off each other really well. You know, if you're a defense, who are you going to put your first cornerback on? You're going to put your first cornerback on 
A.J. Brown. Well, nobody's covering Devontae Smith then. So it really does open up. A, it, it kind of timid, it rounds out the Eagles' offense. We already look, They were coming back with a strong offensive line already. They were coming back with a good backfield that led the league in rushing last year. They were coming back with a strong tight end in Dallas Goddard. They were coming back with the multi-purpose skills of Jalen Hurts at quarterback. But what you didn't know is who was going to be that other receiver to threaten defenses. And everybody likes, you know, what, what Quez Watkins can do. I think now in a third receiver role, he's terrific. And Zach Pascal in a fourth receiver role will we'll really make some big plays. And I think Eagles fans are absolutely going to like him a lot. But to get that other star, not a draft pick that you have to develop and you're not sure if he's going to make it, yeah. but a receiver who's already done it in the league. And then you sign him to a contract that keeps him in Philly through 2026. Brilliant move, masterstroke move. And this offense is complete. Well, and one of the things I obviously like about it too, you know, he he gets a chance to have that playoff experience, uh, even though they lost to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. He you know he had a great game in the loss. So it's another one of those things where it's one thing to have numbers; it's another thing to actually show up in a big game, which he personally did. I think he had a hundred and something, hundred and forty yards, a touchdown, and uh, in the loss to the to the uh, to the Bengals. So at least you you know that he's not fearing those big moments at all, and he can show up and do his thing there, which is where we're obviously hoping to take the team. Absolutely. I mean, he is a number, a true number one receiver who comes in, works with another receiver who has a chance to be a true number one receiver, Devontae Smith. And I think Devontae, look, I mean, I would, I, I'm telling all last year, I'm going to throw the ball 15 times to Devontae Smith. He's open, he's open, he's open, he's open. So <laughs> yeah, it just, it, the Eagles, Eagles have a lot of weapons, and this offense really is going to, if you're a defense, again, I'm not sure how you're going to scheme to cover everything the Eagles have. Any other thoughts to did folks just tuning in with chat with Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider, long time with the team, and uh, uh, walking the field at the Novacare Complex in this beautiful afternoon. Just other thoughts. There are a lot of other moves. Uh, whether they're small ones or big ones, do you think people are going to look back on maybe and see that really paid off? I think uh, the, the, the move to sign James Bradbury last week at the cornerback position gives the Eagles another quality starting cornerback on the outside, along with Darius Slay. I think that a capper of a move. I think bringing in Hassan Reddick, who gives the Eagles so much of a legitimacy, and they, they, they were 31st in the league in rushing the quarterback, getting to the quarterback last year, quarterback sack. Reddick has had double-digit sacks the last two years. How they're going to use him, that's going to be fun to see. I expect, you know, some multiplicity defensively for the Eagles. And then, you know, we'll see. Kaiser White, a linebacker, how much playing time does he earn? I just think the Eagles address needs really well. They, they they didn't sacrifice for the future. They're still in excellent salary cap shape moving forward. They've got a, a lot of young players on the roster. You know, last year, Tim, they signed Jordan Mailata and Goddard and Avante Maddox and Josh Sweat during the season. Had those players gotten to free agency this year, they would have been top of the line at their position pay payouts, cornerback uh, from Avante, slot cornerback, Dallas Goddard. Tight end. Imagine what Jordan Mailata would have gotten in the open market, but the Eagles took care of that. So there, I just think that in the big picture, the Eagles were down in 2020. They get back to the playoffs in 2021. And this is a team going in the right direction. Um, and that's impressive because in the NFL, everybody goes through a down cycle. It's how quickly you come out of that down cycle. That really is the mark of an outstanding organization. And the Eagles again, showing that they're an outstanding organization. This season is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, we're looking forward to checking in with you over the course of the of the summer and the fall. And uh, one day at a time, we'll see how it goes. Dave Spadaro, thank you for taking time. At Eagles Insider on Twitter, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You can follow a lot of his work there. Any other places they should be checking? 
I like Instagram, uh, the Eagles Insider Instagram, and I've got my podcast, the Eagles Insider Podcast, which really uh, we get some great access to players, coaches, management, owner, really good time. So Eagles fans, uh, get your breaths in now. Let's have a great season together because it's going to be fun. In an NFC East, Tim, where there's been no repeat winner since 2003, 2004. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank you, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Tim. You too. All right. Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider on the Tim DeMoss Show. We have a brief break to take. We'll come back and wrap things up. You listen to AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. It's 4.52 on the Tim DeMoss Show. I had wanted to play uh, an interview that I did some time ago, a special one. Uh, I don't have quite enough time, so I will aim to do that tomorrow. There's a, a, a time-sensitiveness to it, in a way. Um, but anyway, I'll, I mentioned at the top of the hour, and anyhow, we can mix it in tomorrow, I think, just to give it a little more justice and make sure I can play the whole thing. Uh, it's about an eight-minute clip. So I'll leave that... There's a little bit of a mystery for now, but that's not the point. I just want to let you know I'm going to shift gears here at the end, which is what this show is about sometimes. We have to shift gears based upon timing of things. Uh, I want to do two things in our remaining moments. One is just to reiterate the little blurb you heard there a moment ago. Michael Woolworth with Bible League called us up earlier. We talked for about 10, 15 minutes about the work that Bible League does around the world. And specifically, we're looking to bring Bibles to the persecuted church. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine what it would be like to be at odds with my family over my faith. I know there are people who disagree, but not fearing for your life. That's different. <laughs> it's very different. Uh, it's tough enough, right, when you have disagreement, perhaps, or if you're a parent and you watch your child walk away from the Lord. That's, that's one kind of struggle, but that's not persecution, per se. There are those who experience some kind of persecution. I, I know individuals and examples of that happening and tension, but but not the level that the people Michael's talking about in other countries where if you if you basically are choosing a different faith, uh, the Christian faith, you you're, maybe your life is in danger. Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea what that would be like for me to actually do that. I'd like to think that the Lord would help me to choose him anyway. But um, anyhow, so, so I just I say that because, you know, we don't have to completely understand or even understand very much to still do something. So be encouraged to do something. A $5 gift on your part would actually bring a Bible to a member of the persecuted church around the world and give them the playbook, if you will, a chance to really hear God's word and be encouraged by it as they live day to day. I would dare say if you were to help out with one Bible, that's worth picking up the phone and calling or going on our site. The number is 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or you can go to WFIL.com. Seriously, don't think that that's too little or it doesn't really matter. We, we have a goal of 2,200 Bibles total. you got to pick some number somewhere, I, I guess, and that's our number. We often have around that each year, and there are different, there are different partnerships and parts of the world that these Bibles are going to. So, But we can go way past that. We don't have to let that limit us, but we do want to get to that number if we can. We're at 752 with uh, 1,448 to go by next Tuesday. So we have... Just under seven or just over seven days to do it, and then you have the holiday weekend in there, so we, you know, kind of regroup next Tuesday. We get back, and uh, so there's not going to be a lot of time on the other side. 
So just be encouraged to say, you know, let's let's take some of that pressure off from now as an FIL listening family and move this ball forward a couple of jumps. If you if you happen to have the ability to push it forward even faster, you know, you could do fifty or a hundred Bibles. That's great. Uh, you know, because as it as the ball rolls, it rolls faster as people start to see things going, then they want to be involved. So here's the number eight hundred yes word. Most importantly, do it because you want to put a Bible in the hands of uh, some of the persecuted church around the world. Eight hundred yes word. Bible League has been doing this over eighty years, so they they know a few things. Uh, they certainly know they're depending on the Lord for success, and uh, and we do too. Eight hundred yes word or wfil dot com. Uh, the other thing I just want to wrap up with is a fun song here from the band Apologetics. They have a new CD out called Come See, Come Saw, and they do Christian parody songs of everything from back in the Elvis days. In fact, the new CD has a, a song parody of Elvis. They also have songs in here from the Monkees. They have Fleetwood Mac, Stevie, uh, Steve Winwood. Uh, they have alternative music like Depeche Mode, and they have this one from Billy Joel, which I think is my favorite on the album. It's called The Giver of Dreams, and it's about Joseph. Uh, when he went and, and helped Pharaoh interpret his dreams and also Daniel uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar. So I'll leave you with this song here as we wrap up. And we're going to be giving away copies of this, I think, in the next couple of weeks. So just keep an ear out for that. And in the meantime, we'll wrap up the, uh, the show and enjoy a couple of minutes of this song parody from Apologetics. You can look into them at A-P-O-L-O-G-E-T-I-X. This CD is called Come See, Come Saw. And this song's called The Giver of Dreams. Take off on Billy Joel's The River of Dreams. Sid DeMarshaw and WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.